You are listening to College Success Habits with Jesse Mogul, episode 109. Let's get to the show. Oh, this show's the best. The best show. Best show. Best show ever. Welcome to the College Success Habits Podcast. Do you want to triumph through school and have a little fun along the way? Learn habits to help you attain better productivity and hacks to help you slide through classes at any age. Here's your host, college circuit speaker, Jesse Mogul. Welcome back to College Success Habits. I am your host, Jesse Mogul. And as always, it is an honor and a privilege to have you here in the middle of August. Now, if you're listening to this in the archives, then it's just whatever day it is to you. But if you were listening to this linearly and you're caught up to the show, then you are in the middle of August and it is about time for the new term to start. So we're going to talk about preparing for the school year, finding what sparks you, understanding how to keep yourself on track by getting on track right out the gate and really understanding what it is you need to be calendaring as the school year goes on. Now, some of this is going to be a step back into the past. So if you're down to going back and listening to the archives and you find any of this stuff entertaining, so far I've really noticed that um, I'm pulling a lot from episode 41, episode 36, episode 37. Um, and those are just the name of the few. If I end up going through more of my archive notes as I talk us through this, I'll mention those episodes as well. And I'll put those in the show notes too. But right now, episode 36, 37, and... 41 seem to be where I'm pulling a lot of my data from. And because sometimes we listen to things and then we move past them, but do we really take in everything that we could? And this is a normal human function that will take in about 10 to 20% of what it is that we actually are introduced to the first time. And then we generally will just move on. And, you know, whether we ever go back and actually relearn the material from, you know, podcasts and books and things that we read, it's really all about whether we are really interested in that topic and we find a lot of passion in in going back and really reviewing it. The only reason why we review our textbooks, if we even read the things, is just because there's a test on them. And honestly, if you go to class and you take really good notes, the professor is probably giving you the test through their own (laughs) auditory means, and you wouldn't even really need to read. Uh, I am not saying don't go read, but I'm saying that if you find yourself taking really amazing notes, you're probably ahead of the class already. But when you think about what sparks you, what you find yourself going back to over and over and over again, these are the things that you're going to want to really step into through the college experience. And this works whether you're a traditional or an untraditional student. It doesn't matter what age you are when you go back. More than likely, if you're non-traditional and you've gone back, you already know what sparks you. You have a very real idea of why you want to go back to school and what you're going to be able to do with the education that you get there. If you find yourself in that 18 to 25-year-old zone, you're really just stepping out on your own and not being influenced by your immediate high school peers or your parents or your immediate family, your social circle. You're really able to create a whole new you. And we have talked a lot about this, how college is that chance for you to really spread your wings and fly. You really are in this state of chrysalis for years in this cocoon, this metaphorical caterpillar. And when you go to college, this is your chance to really embrace who you really want to be. If you didn't like a certain aspect of yourself or you were teased about something in high school, this is college. This is a whole new world. And you really get to make of it what you desire. 
even if you're going to a small school that um, doesn't have a huge campus you know, life going on, uh, probably even more so than you get to create whoever you want to be. And if you end up going to a junior college and you're going back home, then you might find it a little difficult for how you're going to start to grow in your life and then still being around your parents, still being around your same high school friends. And, and these are things that you're going to have to really figure out a way to balance. Because as you begin to find the things that spark you, that you'll start to really desire the things that are important to you to start to take a more priority in your life. And this is what will keep you fired up. This is what will rejuvenate you. Um, the boring stuff of life, it happens. There, there's paying the bills and going to work and putting air in your tires and doing the dishes. And, and this stuff can seem aggravating or annoying unless you step into that whole adulting 101 thing that we've talked about where it's like just enjoy these little things paying your bills on time, keeping your house clean. Like this is what it means to start to step into more of an adulthood kind of lifestyle. So when you start to look at what your passions and your talents and your skills and your hobbies are, these are the things that are going to spark you. And when you go to look for them in your life, ask yourself, what were you fired up about as a child? What fascinates you today? Make out a list and figure out what it is that's important to you. And it can be something as simple as being fascinated by turtles or kawadi. I'm obsessed with this animal called the kawadi. It, it's slang called a Caribbean raccoon. I think they're the most adorable creatures ever. They have them at this rescue shelter, rescue like zoo in, in my parents' retirement like lake community. And I'm like, one day I want to have a barn full of kawadi that I've rescued from dum-dums who think that getting them and putting them in their house is a good idea. Right, It's an animal I didn't even know existed a year ago, and now I think it's the most adorable thing in the history of the planet. That could be something that and all of a sudden you're like, wow, I'm super into Kawadi. And now where could you go with that? Could you start a rescue shelter? Could you go learn more about the Caribbean and go down there and help them figure something out? Right? Like, I get that this could turn absurd really fast, but it's in that absurd. It's in that thinking about what your life can become that it might seem absurd now, but I can guarantee you that people used to mock Richard, you know, uh, Branson of Virgin or Gates with the computers on everybody's desk or Elon Musk with the rockets. It's like the things that people once thought absurd now seem to be old hat. We don't think to, like it's, we don't think it's too nuts to have an internet we will spend you know hundreds of millions of dollars on every single month when it was just 20 years ago businesses actually thought that people would never use their credit cards online out of a fear that they would be stolen and be charged and the credit card company stepped in and said don't worry we'll handle the fraud shop away and everything else has just fallen to the wayside since then. Mom and pa stores and huge chains we thought would always exist, like Toys R Us, are just gone, all because of Amazon. Anything you can think of can become your reality if you really start to break it down into easy-to-put-together steps. No matter how absurd something you're fascinated by may appear to you or sound to you or feel to you when you first think about how you can turn it into a life, you can turn it into a life. I know someone who was talked out of becoming um, a zoologist. They had, they loved animals. They wanted to work with animals. 
And somebody in their family was like, hey, how much do zoologists even make? You're going to have to live in major cities to be near a zoo. There's not a lot of money there. You're not going to be able to afford the life you want. And now they have a job that while they do enjoy it, would it have been as fulfilling to them had they gone off and become a zoologist and taken care of animals? And I've got 50, 100 stories of people bypassing what they really wanted to do with their life because somebody else said, you know, you're probably not going to be able to make a ton of money doing that. You should go do the safe thing. Get a business degree. Go be an accountant. Go work in HR. Go manage people. And yeah, there's money to be had there, y'all. But at the same time, is that what you're ultimately going to find fulfilling? If you work hard enough at something that you find fulfilling, you can turn it into a million-dollar job. My mom used to tell me that all the time. No matter what the job, you can make a million dollars. Just be willing to run the business. Just be willing to start the business. So as you so as you step into this new term, be thinking about what it is that fascinates you, what sparks you, and then go learn about it, whether it be on YouTube, campus organizations, seminars, clubs, classes, extracurriculars offered at your school. You can find things that spark you. And don't let somebody else's limiting beliefs about what that job can provide you in the future stop you from accelerating toward it. Because it's in your own energy that you bring to something that you will truly discover what it is your life can become. And so now let's reel this in, right? We're thinking this big, huge, broad idea where we're thinking what is it our whole life can become. And now here we are at the beginning of this term. Now, in order to be successful at the beginning of a term, you have to really start asking yourself, what are the habits that you can begin to create now that you can begin to build off of day after day and week after week? And if you're already a sophomore, junior, senior in college, then generally I would hope by this point, especially if you're listening to my show, that you've already created these habits. And if you find yourself as a freshman, you're transferring schools, a lot has changed you know, over the last few years because of COVID. A lot of the habits and rituals that you may have built up might have fallen to the wayside. They may have been left behind. They may have been completely forgotten. Right? Each new term is a new opportunity, and what was working for you then may work for you now, and vice versa. It may not work for you now, and it used to work for you then. You've got to be really self-aware here, very self-aware of what each new term, each new semester is going to require from you. And so let's talk about how you get acclimated to a new semester, right? Like I want you to go and think about how you're going to spark yourself and how you're going to create this amazing life and write down your passions, your talents, your skills, your hobbies, and really begin looking for areas in college that can accentuate those. At the same time, you want to be getting good grades while you're there. You want to be you want a good transcript, you want you want to have good experiences, you want to have a pretty well put together resume. And as I've talked about especially in my book, whenever we talk about those seven powerful principles that can help you accelerate in college and beyond, I'd put those seven th- seven principles on my resume and call it a day and be like, hey, it didn't matter how many organizations I was in or what I ran or what I didn't run or what I, I was doing with my free time on Tuesdays at 1 p.m. These are the seven powerful principles I adhere to. I guarantee you they're going to come in handy at your company. Now, again, let's look at this semester. What are you doing with your days? What is your morning ritual, your evening ritual, daytime ritual, your pre-work ritual, your pre-class ritual? Well, what is your backpack packing ritual? 
if you're a if you're a, a, a transient student, what is that? You know, you, you don't live on campus and you're driving really far away. You're driving from your house, so therefore you don't necessarily have your dorm or something nearby. What is your car packing ritual? You need to build habits around what you will do frequently. Do not forget things that you'll need on campus, whether it be your earplugs, a jacket, a sweater, a water bottle, your power cable for your computer. You cannot find yourself on campus not having vital things that you need for your success. Some other ways that you can get acclimated to the new semester. Introducing yourself to all of your professors, even if it's just for 15 seconds. Do this after each class. Go up ask a question, make sure that they see you. Even if you're just listening to somebody else ask a question and then just wave and walk away. Let them know you were there, especially if it's a big class. If it's a class with a couple hundred students in it, you want to stand out. Go visit your professors during the office hours. I did an entire episode on how to communicate with um, people in school, specifically with your professors, and that was episode 104. Go back and listen to that episode. And really make sure that these are the people, the professors, the TAs, the office hours they have. This is how you acclimate yourself to a new semester. This is how you plant your flag in this term and say, I'm ready to rock and roll. Pick your classmates carefully. Watch out for the ones who want to drink all the time and have, instead of study sessions, it ends up being a sixer or a twelver or a bunch of shots and then no studying gets done. Be mindful of who you put in your inner circle that are going to help guide you to the grades that you desire. If studying isn't their number one priority and it is yours, no matter how cool they are, you have to make that decision to prioritize yourself over them. Years down the road, they'll be nowhere to be found and you're going to be stuck with a CV that is less than advantageous if you weren't paying attention to what you were actually doing day to day. So meet people in class. Find out the ones that are into the things that you are. Generally, when I was meeting people in school, the well, the stories I've been told from all my listeners and my clients is that you're just happy to make a connection with somebody. And it could be something off of the simplest band that they like or a shirt that they're wearing, but that doesn't mean that that person's going to be the most beneficial study buddy. So be very mindful of who's your drinking buddies and who's your study buddies. What is the best time for you to get up or go to bed? What does your schedule look like? Where are there openings that can be used for studying rather than going back to your dorm or apartment and playing video games or, or taking a nap? What are the best days for you to request to work versus not to request to work? The most beautiful thing about being on campus is if you've got an hour and a half in between classes, that is like the primo time to go sit in the corner, read over the notes from that class, read over the next chapter, get the homework done, keep yourself up to date. You're already on campus. And trust me, there was many a times I'd have a two-hour break and I'd take the bus the 15 minutes back home just to go sit on my couch and eat something. And before I know it, I wasn't even going back to my other class. Just stay on campus. Keep yourself entertained. Study. Keep up to date. Once you turn that into a habit and you get yourself a spot that you always go, eventually it just becomes the way that you do things. And those little steps become your habits and those little habits become your identity. And we've talked a lot about identity on this show, so there's no real reason to dive too much deeper into that. But you can find a ton of stuff about limiting beliefs and your limiting mindset in episode 27. You can find uh, understanding your identity at episode 32. 
um, how to how to process your beliefs and values in episode 33 and 34. Really go back and take these in and really pay attention to what I'm talking about in those episodes at the beginning of the semester. So you can really reset yourself and get focused on what it is you're seeking to accomplish right now. You can't use COVID as the excuse much longer, if you can at all. We've been dealing with this for 18 months now. At some point, people are going to just expect that you've figured out a way around it. So don't start off by using excuses at the beginning of the semester. Have yourself set up for success now and be that student that accelerates who comes out of this in a job market that is cutthroat. And there are a ton of places looking for employees right now because so many people have shifted careers and whatnot that even though they say that the job market's a little tired, I'm telling you, I see a ton of things on Indeed. I've seen a ton of help wanted signs around businesses all over town. There are jobs. And if you're ready to step into those roles, you will find a place. So your long-term execution of each semester comes down to how well you've organized that, your syllabi. You know, each class gives you one. You know when the tests are. You know when papers are due. Get that into your electronic calendar. Make sure that you see that stuff coming up. Keep, you have to have a very well-organized schedule. Whether you call it a journal or a digital calendar or whatever you're using, it needs to be so well-organized. Put the things in there. Map out your time. Trust me, you can DVR all your shows. Video games aren't going anywhere. That beer in your fridge is going to be waiting for you when you get home. You can drink it then. Focus during what I call work hours, that time between like 8 and 5, to really get your work done. And if you're somebody who who fares better with night classes, then keep yourself focused and, and make sure you're getting activity, some level of a workout throughout your day so that you have the energy to go to class and show up as your best self. How you're going to hit all your marks throughout the semester comes down to your organization. Have you scheduled out the main events, the tests and the papers, the speeches and the the progress tracker that you're going to be using? Have you got this all figured out? You don't have to have it all figured out day one, but you need to start putting things into your schedule right out the gate. So that whenever you start planning for a concert or a date or to go home, you can say, oh, snap, I've got that test the next week. Well, when I go home, I hang out with all my friends. I don't get any studying done. Maybe I'll go home later on that month. It's really important I get a good grade on this test. Or maybe you study really well when you go home, so that's why you go home. But you want to put all your main events in, in the calendar. And anytime something comes up, it goes in the calendar. Even if you're not sure you want to attend an organization's event, put it in the calendar so you know that it's there. And then if you're available, you get to go. You get to go. If something else is more important, then that's what you choose. If it is not measured, it cannot be managed. And if you don't know how to measure it, then how can you measure your progress? You want to be paying attention to your progress. When you put these things into the schedule, then they get done. If you don't schedule an event, then you'll be more apt to say, I'm not feeling in a good mood. And then you go off and decide something else is more important. You start to buffer with video games or drinking or eating or whatever it might be and thinking that later on you'll be more ready to do it. Well, that doesn't really happen that way. I may not always be doing backflips when homework time shows up or when workout time shows up, but when I've got it on the calendar, then that's what I'm doing with that time. There's no, I don't feel like it right now. It's like, hey, for the next two hours, I've got to organize my online 
program. Uh, the next two hours, I've got to figure out what my uh, coaching notes for the next two clients. I've got to figure out, uh, I've got to tighten up a certain section of my speech. You're going to have homework throughout your entire life. It's just going to be more self-imposed or work-related, right? Where you don't turn it in. It's not like you just get a C or a D if it shows up late. You can get fired. You can get demoted. You can get relegated to the back of the organization's hierarchy. And next thing you know, you might as well quit because no one's paying attention to you anyways. So learning how to execute a syllabi is really just preparing you for learning how to execute major projects whenever you go off into the working world. Putting stuff in your digital calendar and becoming more acclimated with that is crucial. I used to do everything on paper. And then I realized how great it was to have this digital calendar. You know, it syncs to all my Apple devices. And then I also have my priority and my four focuses, which we talked about in episode two with Tom Rigsby. Go back and listen to that. I put that on individual pieces of paper throughout the day. And then I'm able to check that off. And that stuff gets slid in to the openings in my calendar. If the priority happens to not be something that's in the calendar, and it generally is. So the long-term execution of your syllabi is going to be so important, and you start doing that by putting the major events into it. When you want to get acclimated to your new semester, you want to go talk to your professor. You want to introduce yourself to classmates. You want to find out who some good people are to study with. You want to be reviewing your notes and staying up-to-date on the work. Start putting these little uh, checkpoints into your schedule to make sure that you're getting your term paper prepared for that last week or two push when, you've, when you're writing it and editing it and getting it prepared to turn in. This is the stuff you're going to be doing in work one day anyways. So the beauty of it is, is it prepares you now for the organization that you're going to utilize then. A lot of people say things like, I never even learned that in college. I'm not even sure why I went because when I got a job, none of this stuff was even being talked about there. That might be true, and it may not be true. Do you really want to gamble with your future by saying, well, I probably won't need this in the real world anyways, and I say real world with air quotes. What college does is it is it proves to employers that you understand how to stay organized, utilize resources, and see a major project to through completion. The major project in college other than you know, just getting through the semesters and, and thriving and getting great grades, is actually getting the diploma. Utilizing the resources could mean a professor, it could mean study halls, it could mean tutors, it could mean the resource centers, the library, the success centers on campus. Those are the resources that you're going to be able to prove you utilized in college because in the workforce, there are resources. Don't be afraid to go and ask a resource to help you if it means that the project gets done even better than it would have had you not. It blows my mind when I hear people say, well, I didn't want to bother them. I didn't want to ask them and have them think I didn't know. So you just didn't know, and then you didn't seek out a way to figure it out. You just sort of guessed and just played along like you knew what was happening, and now you're surprised that the project actually came to completion less than it could have been had you just stood up, walked over, and said, hey, I'm not so sure about this. Can you just check my work? Can you just help me out in this one particular area? Why people get afraid about that stuff is beyond me. We're all humans. No one expects you to be a supercomputer. If you can't find it on YouTube, if you can't Google it, then you go find the person who's freaking good at it and ask them. And then lastly, figure out what your morning, evening, 
daytime, pre-work, pre-class, book bag packing, car packing rituals are. Build the habits around what you do frequently. Put your car keys in the same place. Keep the same pins and the earbuds in the backpack. Don't be taking everything out of the backpack every night and then the next morning you got to repack it and then you might forget something. Keep things that you're going to use frequently nearby and make sure they end up in the places where they will be the most useful to you. Forgetting your highlighter or your four-colored pen at home when you're in the library and you need it to take notes isn't doing you much good. In this day and age, and I think we've talked about this so much, so much, personal responsibility is something that I seem to see a lot of quote-unquote adults not having much of. If you can come out of college with personal responsibility, meaning you, you tell people you know, when you don't do it great, right? You compliment those on your team who do a great job. It's like when things go well, you compliment the team. When things don't go well, you you talk about what you could have done better. Go watch the best of the best in a sport, right? The Serena Williams, the Tiger Woods, the Peyton Mannings, the Tom Brady's. These people, when the when things don't go well, they talk about what they could have done better. When things go really well, they talk about how well the team did. Be that kind of leader, be that kind of leader in your own life, right? When you show up late to, to class or to work, don't blame traffic. Tell the, Blame yourself. Tell your boss, you know what? I should have been more mindful. Next time I'll leave 15 minutes earlier, I'll make it a habit. Morning, evening, daytime, pre-work, pre-class, your, your directions to class on campus. These are rituals that once you habituate, your mind won't have to think about it anymore. Success comes most easily to those that habituate the mundane. Write that down on a whole piece of paper. Success comes most easily to those that habituate the mundane. Figure out those mundane, those, those, those things that you can ritualize in your day. You will get acclimated to your semester faster than you ever thought. You'll start putting things in your calendar. Thus, long-term success of the syllabi will come easily to you. And then you can start putting a lot more of your energy into finding the things that spark you and really turning your attention towards those. Because I'm telling you, those people who have midlife crises, crises are the ones that listen to others, their preacher, teacher, mom, dad, social circle, hell, even, those, even social or regular media. They listen to them instead of listening to their own internal guide. And now they're living a life based on what others wanted from them, not what they wanted for themselves. And then, you know, they're blowing up their whole life. They're, they're losing their job. They're buying fancy sports cars. They're being ridiculous, all because they didn't live their life in their 20s, and now they're going to try to reboot it in their 40s. Don't be that person. <laughs> Habituate the mundane, and success will come easily to you. So that's it, my friends. If you would like to know more about how to become involved in any of the myriad of programs I'm running, whether it's the Wise Mind, um, the Wise Mind Empowerment and Leadership Experience, whether it's the Happy Mind Lab, whether it's learning NLP, whether it's having some success coaching, whether it's talking about what it is that you are most built to be about moving on in your life and how you can really start to implement the things that I talk about, whatever it might be. Hit me up in the DMs at Jesse Mogul. Drop me a line. Tell me what episodes you listen to. Tell me what questions you have. Raise your hand. Step forward. I will call on you. It is your turn. 
has always inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. See you next week. Bye-bye. 